Good morning. Welcome to the Australian Early Finance Briefing for Thursday, the 5th of November. My name's Nick here in Melbourne. We're going to start with vaccines. We're not going to address the US election, which at this point has no clear outcome. The vaccine race here in Australia has taken a new turn with the Prime Minister expected to announce later today that the government, the federal government has signed an agreement with Novavax for 40 million vaccine doses and with the Pfizer BioNTech for 10 million. The Pfizer BioNTech's now sort of one of the front runners that with Moderna looking like it will be one of the first two to be announced for approval in the US. So sensible news there. It's expected that the Novavax and the Pfizer vaccines for Australia could be available from early to mid next year, subject to TGA approval. So just comparing our sort of extra purchases to other countries, it always seemed a bit odd that we put all our eggs in sort of only one viable basket, which was the Oxford University AstraZeneca vaccine. And then we also placed an order for the University of Queensland vaccine, which hasn't even gone to trials yet. So that was a bit of a long shot. But these these two are, are, are front runners. So it is a really great diversification measure done by the federal government here. So looking at the total numbers, so 40 million Novavax, 10 million Pfizer, the, the AstraZeneca Oxford is 30 million, and then the University of Queensland, if it gets up, is 50 million. So that takes us to about 130 million doses, which is yeah, just over five per person. And comparing that to some other markets, that's quite similar. So the UK, as last reports, was sort of one of the most diversified and most over-purchasing of vaccines. So they've secured 380 million doses of, of various vaccines from six different manufacturers, which equates to about 5.7 shots per Brit. That compares to the US, which has secured 4.88 per capita. And then the EU, i.e. not including the UK, amounts to 3.33 doses per person. Obviously for Australia, as the federal government's indicated previously, we probably won't use them all ourselves and it's to sort of help other countries in the region. But definitely a positive development there from our vaccine security. And moving to retail sales figures, which were released by the ABS yesterday, they came in stronger than expected. So they're expecting a bullish 6% rebound and they actually got 6.5%. That was after the 3.5% contraction in the June quarter. And interestingly, it was takeaway food, restaurants, etc., that saw the big rebound of 28% and footwear and personal accessory retailing rebounding by 35.5%, so big jumps there. And it does highlight the sort of the rapid rebound that is occurring when states and, and regions go out of lockdown. So it does sort of provide good expectations for Victoria. And as, as we come out of not lockdowns, you know, in this last week, it, it should suggest that we'll see a rapid recovery here in Victoria. They did go on to say, you know, our Victoria sales were down only 0.4% in September, month on month, but the month on month for August was down 12.6%. That's when the hard stage four lockdown with non-essential retail was introduced here in Melbourne. So promising there, and it's looking like particularly Victoria will have a very bright 
fourth quarter, assuming there's no third wave. Moving to merger arbitrage, so that's where companies that are about to have a takeover agreement sort of in play, where a hedge fund will essentially buy the stock of the company being acquired and riding out its price as it sort of moves towards deal closure. That generally, you know, the price will sort of almost asymptote to the agreed purchase price, but stay a bit below it. It's sort of, you know, seen as an easy source of low risk performance or return. Now, what happened back in March, there were about, in the US, about 40 companies with deals that were about to close that all of a sudden collapsed, their share price dropped because the markets were expecting that these merger deals would fall through because of the pandemic. What actually happened was that it, that didn't happen, but these companies collapsed in price, the, the target companies, and they, obviously, if you were in a, if you entered into a, a merger up position at that point, and then the deal does close, it's, it's immensely profitable. And that's what we've seen happen. Even the Tiffany deal, so LVMH of France, has now agreed to buy Tiffany. They initially asked to, you know, indicate they wanted to back out of the deal. All that happened was they renegotiated the price down by 3%, so almost nothing. And now the deal's back up again. And that's definitely what we're seeing. And the, the Financial Times reports that it's potentially a sort of outcome from the 2008 financial crisis where this happened as well and since then the lawyers have sort of basically put a lot of extra details into deal agreements which which sort of prevents um, disputes and, and prevents the acquirers from backing away. Moving to the markets now it's looking like the US will open up strongly for their Wednesday day of trade. The Nasdaq futures are up about 3.8% Crazy jumps there, and certainly not what everyone was expecting with an indecisive election outcome. Everyone was saying, as long as it's one way or the other, the markets will like it, but when there's no clear outcome, they won't. But that's not what we're seeing now. Maybe it's markets pricing in a, a Trump win where it hasn't been doing that before, so benefiting you know, taxation, so you know, profits for companies. That's your update for Thursday. Have a lovely day. This podcast is for investment professionals only and should not be relied upon by private investors. The podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. The values of investments can go up or down, so you may get back less than you initially invest.